It's our wrap of the top business stories here on Metro FM Talk. And as, uh, as I guess, has become tradition, we kick things off by taking a look at what's happening in the world of money and power. And uh, joining me now on the line to take a look at some of the big stories in the world of business is uh, Snesipo Maninjwa, independent market commentator, analyst and CA. Snesipo, good evening to you and welcome. Hello. Okay, let's try and re-establish our connection there with the... Uh, Snesipo, Ukona? Andy Corner. Yes, Unjani. No, I'm all right, and you? I'm well, thank you. I'm well, thank you. Let's start off there in the Suez Canal out in Egypt. Uh, yeah, interesting story, actually. We followed this one last week, and it seems, yeah, that uh, Evergreen has been able to be floated now and uh, might be able, I guess, uh, to make the last leg of its journey to Rotterdam. Yes. Um, who knew after all these years? I heard about the Swiss Canal when I was doing history. Yeah, in, in grade high four. School. Yeah, in like yes, grade four. Yes, I know. Yeah. Who you? Who knew? <laughs> That's all I could think I of. even remember the year it came, 1869. Yes, I was like, mm. who knew that this one thing? And I was like, I will, like, it boggles my mind. Technology has evolved so much. And the more that, things change, the more they stay the same. Yeah, so I mm. think it's, it's, it's a very good thing. So there were quite a few industries attached to the Swiss Canal, namely the coffee industry, mm. some critical supplies because as much as we do um, fly goods in, shipping it's still by far the dominant way goods travel mm, mm. globally. And that's just, it just, it just demonstrated that because I was like, hey, well, Swiss Canal, Swiss like, that's, that's and, and what did you make, I mean, when some of the murmurs were, I mean, I haven't heard somebody use Cape of Good Hope until last week, right? In a very yes, long time. As an alternative yeah, I mean, there was a ship- there was a shipping analyst who's like, yeah, yeah, we might have to go past the Cape of Good Hope. That could make sense to you. Literally, it blew my mind. I was like, I've heard these things since I was in hey, history. History, listen, I remember all these terms, like of Cape of Good Hope. Yeah, they have to go through around because it's stuck there. It just gives you an idea how insane the shipping industry is. But on the flip side, unfortunately, what this shows is the dominant powers of certain routes and preferential mm. routes. And that if one wrong move goes on there, the fact that the whole Swiss Canal, a term I haven't heard since I was in primary school, mm. yeah, can yeah. just stop so, global trade. So here's my other interest. I mean, they said around 10 to 12% of global trade goes through that particular route. Yes, right? that, was, that was a surprise. I was I mean, surprised by that amount. I was surprised. So, so me, I'm not interested in that 10 but the, the real particular th- cargo I'm interested in is oil. Because yes. that particular area is not too far from the Middle East or many of the yes, oil fields no, 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 no. And that's also what blows mm. my mind. Just literally, that's what I was like. I found very interesting. I was like, I, like I said, it's not a, I haven't heard this Swiss Canal since I was in primary school. I did not know its global importance until last week. <laughs> I did not know. I will say this. <laughs> is, <laughs> this, is, this is, I will say, and out of all those things, and just give you an indication of how important it is, how important school is, the fact that I knew where exactly where it was. Mm, mm, but mm. I did not know its global importance today, still today. Still today. That, I think that's the word. I think that's the word that sure. we're all stuck in. Still today. Snesible, what's this going to do for the oil price? Oh, the radio projected to go up. So, so it's recovered nicely. It's recovered mm. nicely. And you know me, I'm, um, I'm in between on the world price. I want it to be high enough so that it shows that the global economy is kicking, but not too high that makes uh, goods and services very expensive. So, so I guess 
that, as we always know, has a ripple effect on everything in the economy. I mean, because mm-hmm. I yeah. guess it's a base the price. Yeah, I mean. yeah, yeah, yeah. The other, the other thing I wanted to hear from you, Snesip, I mean, the ma- major loss that um, the Egyptian authorities have taken on this one. I mean, they're the sort of main operator of that particular canal. Yeah, it's actually quite interesting. So um, the, the taxes that they levy and the charges that they levy is a significant part of the Egyptian economy. Like I said, this was all new facts to me up until last week, Thursday, Friday. These were all new facts to me. Just the importance of this canal lost revenue because ultimately those days have been lost. I didn't know that there were so many things moving through there. Hmm. I, it's not even a, that much of a big area, but to contain 10% of the world's GDP, do you know how insane that is? Sure. Like, in, it's, it's insane. I think that's what shocked most of us. I think those of the, those people who knew, the shipping analysts and shipping economists who understand transport economy, they knew, but for those of us who are on the more of a global macro scale, finding out that this little canal is so important. I think that was just shocking to me. It was just, those days are lost. Those trading days are lost. Hmm. They cannot be recovered. As, and it's, even though it's less than a week, it's that significant. Less than a week. It's that significant. Because if you ask yourself, what do the Egyptians do in the economy? Tourism. 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 I've got tourism because of COVID in Gok. Cotton. Again, these are all impacted by COVID. This is the only thing that wasn't impacted by COVID because it's in essential services. They were transporting oil. Huh. Yeah, so it, it, it just gives you an indication how important yeah, it actually hey. is. If you, actually, if, you, if, you, if you do a drill down, do a deep dive in the Egyptian economy, what else do they have going for them? Cotton, tourism, education. I come to Ambayo. Sandy. We're stuck in the south. <laughs> let's shift away from Egypt. Um, yeah, let's shift away from, from Egypt for a second there. And uh, take a look at what Mr. Price has done here. I was saying earlier, yeah, it seems they've made their foray into Mokupane, Kumbu, and many other places where power fashion has a presence. I actually think this is more of a symbiotic um, transaction than the other one with Yapi Shift that we discussed last week. This yes, one I think sure. is more symbiotic. My only issue, and I think you tweeted about it, was the local procurement. Mr. Price, as much as I love their business model, they have given um, undesirable words to any part of local fashion. They've said that we're going to import from China. It is what it is. They've never cared about local manufacturing. So I'm curious to find out how this is going to work because their internal policy doesn't local local, um, manufacturing. Their entire business model does not support it. Mm, mm, mm. No, I think that's a, that's a that's a bigger question to ask. So I understand literally. So I but but how was how was power fashion doing on localization? I mean, before no, this particular no, 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 tie-up, they've got a whole localization, and also remember they've got a whole localization uh, aspect. Also remember who their target market is, and they've managed to make it work. But knowing the guys and Mr. Price who are stretching margin, I don't see that continuing. I really don't see. I'm curious. There's an extra layer of complication here. Um, yeah. We've seen in the sort of uh, COVID-19 moment, the reliability of many Chinese supply chains being brought into question, especially in the textiles, footwear and clothing sector. Yes. And is this a risk management type of decision as well, right? It's not just the government imposing <laughs> localization on you, but you also want to diversify where you're sourcing your stuff mm. from. 
Oh God, no, they local. Mr. Price have existed for 20 years. They've never prioritized local manufacturing. Ever. No, no, I'm saying in the current moment. No, no, in the Are there the gains, moment, are there gains no, from they, diversification? No, no, I That's think, the question. Think, Would you say there's gains minute, from diversification? They'll be minute. I honestly believe they'll be minute, but if you're core business model, so you might use a local guy just for this moment, just as a patch mm, for this moment, but... Mm. The entire business model, but I, 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 and I'm, I'm literally the entire business is not built on it. Okay, and and I mean, power fashion. Just some background on them. I understand they started out in Swaziland, auto yeah. distributors, maybe cash and carry items and embarrassa. No, they've been around for fifty years. It's a family business. Of course, it's white owned, even though they sell to black people. But uh, I've collapsed. Hmm, 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 hmm. I've collapsed. So, so Snesib, I mean. And I guess the reason why I ask that is, is because, you know, uh, we also know the Yappi Chef uh, issue is also before the competition authorities as well. Um, what are some of the considerations they're going to be taking into account? Um, Yappi Chef, I don't think will have any competition issues just because of the market that they target. This one actually might because they, they're encroaching on to Pepco's bread and butter. Think about it. So, uh, Power Fashion doesn't have the balance sheet to scale up. Although they're a big operation, they don't have the balance sheet to scale up where they need to be. And with Mr. Price's balance sheet, uh, if you think about leasing agreements, shopping center, retail presence, uh, they're coming into, they're coming from typical supper. And, and, and who's supper primarily? I mean, I was saying earlier on that, uh, you know, uh, Mr. Price has certainly edged some of the more traditional household names in the retail sector in mm. South Africa. Who, who would some of those be? TFG, Edcon, who? No, they were going for um, formerly um, TFG in terms of Jet. They're going to Jet, Ackerman, Ackerman. There's another one that's owned by a retailer, which is the guys who owned, who, um, who bought um, Edcon. Um, jam fashion, like it's, oh, yeah, it's yeah. like I say, yeah. So like, no, they're going after their supper because if you think about where they are market segment wise, you can't grow in your current market segment even more. So you need to encroach on someone else. Mm. And for me, this is the most like symbiotic relationship. But this one, this one is where I think the money is going to be. Should we expect more consolidation in this sector? Yes. Mm. Because remember, it, 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 it's all about buying power. Remember, retail, remember, you buy from someone else to sell to someone else. So you're always about maximizing margin. And you're going to have to see consolidation. And it's going to have to come. It literally has to come. You have no other choice. Mm. Um, the only unfortunate thing, which I think as black people, I always make this note, is that there is never going to be a chance for black uh, business to come into the sector, ever. Why? I don't think so. Why do you Quite think Quite simple. It's already dominated. You're adding the surprise to this mix now. The power, they, it's a family business. They've been around for 60 years. They had presence, but that balance sheet here, Mr. Price, is just so significant that you have to see, mm. you've got to see them add on. Did that rights you offer got, come through? Uh, you know, they, remember the purpose of the, so what they did, remember last year, was that just before uh, lockdown, say lockdown, um, they were like, no, we need to raise capital and we're going to look for investment opportunities because I think it's also the realization of um, this is the thing with a crisis or a black zone of it. It makes you relook mm. at where you are. Sure. You're like, we can't grow in our current thing. We can't grow any further. So we need to look for new opportunities, which is what their purpose is. We're going to look for new opportunities. Hmm. 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 And remember, the price has no debt. 
Let's leave the retail sector for a second and talk cross defaults or the uh, looming prospect of uh, cross defaults. It seems many of the creditors, um, I guess, dropping their lip here uh, in relation to some of the plans that have been put down uh, in the debt restructuring conversations around the land bank. Give us some of the context here. When's it going to do land bank uh, last no, year? So remember, land bank defaulted last year and then Utito gave them money. And now they're having discussions in terms of how the money is going to be allocated because it needs to go into repayment of debt, number one. Number two, it also needs to fund programs within land banks, specifically having to do with food security and supporting emerging black farmers and protecting additional farmers from the issues of the drought, the rains, the economy, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So not all the lenders. Standard charter, you must just say it with your chest, children. Standard charters. Why must I say it with my chest? Because standard charters, ironically enough, they were also the ones with the Kalako SAA. They were also... They, they so we must put some respect on their name. No, no, it's because it's, it's a commonality. So it's, it's not uh, all the creditors. It's not all the creditors. It's a creditor. Well, future and growth, future growth as well was a bit. Uh, we don't like this. Uh, this is. A they don't, they, 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 but they haven't called their facility. Standard Charter said on Wednesday, Ms. Patel. Yes, yes, yes. No, and there was a court process no, 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 as well. Very, very, very different yeah, conversation. Yeah. yeah. No, very no. But what I'm trying to say, Snesip, is that certainly from many of those in that uh, note holder group. There are many who have said, you know, this is going to leave us on, on a bad footing. I mean, the note that came from Future Growth was saying the same thing, uh, you know, towards the end of last week as well. Yes, but the thing is that Future Growth always worked towards, remember, Future Growth is a fixed income house. They would never call default on no, land bank sure. because, sure. because they owe other notes in um, SAA, also in ESCOM, also in transit. So they will never uh, risk their the, other books and other assets for land banks. Mm. Where Standard Chartered is not that, it's not that specific. So they could actually call up their facility, which is what they've actually done, which is, they said that Botina Bona, they want to get paid on Wednesday. Because I told you, they pulled the same stunt with SAA. Remember, when Malisu was still a finance minister and they had to do, um, there's a word for it, but I've lost the English, um, but they had to do an emergency payment on a Saturday morning. Yes, I yes, remember I remember that. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember that date. It's because they want payment because they want payment. And unfortunately, government will honor it. But the question is that I always say to someone, is like, if you're leaning to an SOE, especially a public sector SOE, you understand the risk. So when you call up your facility and demand repayment, uh, like Future Growth said, they're not happy, but they know that it's going to be restructured because ultimately... Mm. When we look at strategic assets in the SOE involvement, we all know government was never let land bank fall. They'll never let ESCOM fall. Yeah. Stesipo, and I guess that that's the sort of um, link to my last question, which is, you know, are we going to get any clues here about some of the other debt negotiations that might happen in relation to our SOEs? Maybe not ESCOM, because probably a lot more is guaranteed there. Uh, but mm. uh, in terms of some of the other ones that have uh, mm. found themselves in some very difficult, mm. um, you know, uh, maneuver room, uh, are we going to see some of the same lessons here? I mean, Treasury, Treasury mm. coming out and saying we're no longer going to guarantee the stuff. Let's no, go look for another plan. It's, it's, no, so it's not about just guarantee. Remember, land bank defaulted. 
So you must look at the ones that have actually defaulted. ESCOM, as much as the debt burden is, you know, sickening, it is what it is. ESCOM has never defaulted. Landbank has. So they defaulted. The issue is that they've actually mm, defaulted. Sure, sure. So it's like, it's, it's a slight, we're looking at it from a slightly different lens in that as much as you want to, remember, credit can only act on a default. Even if you're paying me by borrowing money from Usia or Umeloni, as long as you're paying me, I'm good. Mm. That's how some debt holders sure, look at it. Sure. Whereas with Landbank, they actually didn't pay. They defaulted. There's a very different, a very different, Discussion point. Mm. And uh, we're going to have to leave it there. Certainly, also a conversation to be had about this discussion of, uh, I guess, uh, distinguishing between the commercial uh, and even the developmental aspects of uh, their loan book there at uh, Land Bank. Uh, but I guess the bigger macro um, story is also about what implications this might have, this default, if at all, uh, or if these debt restructuring conversations don't go well for uh, the much-needed financing of a small scale and, of course, emerging black uh, uh, commercial farmers as well. But uh, that's certainly a story for another day. We'll have to leave it here for our business wrap. And uh, after this brief break, uh, we'll take a look at uh, in our shop steward's corner at uh, what's happening out in the world of Brazil.